or you know that kind of thing. Yeah. What if Marvel comes a knocking at your door someday, and you have to be in on all the spoilies? What will you do then? Is will you add it to your contract where you're like <laughs> only work on yeah. on stuff I've seen? So you ask me first, and if I've seen it, it's okay to work on it. If for some strange reason, if Marvel's are just like, hey John, it's Kevin, can we have a talk? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, Kev, let's have a chat. And he's like, look. We really need your brand on Marvel. We need you to bring yourself to the Marvel family, the MCU. Um, but we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to kind of get over your whole stance of not spoiling things for you, because we're gonna be like three, five years out. And I'd be like, you know, Kev, that's gonna be really hard. Um, you know, I've I've built this whole love of pop culture, but like very specific, where I don't really know anything <laughs> in the present, but I I learned a lot of things in the past, Kev. You see, um, I'm gonna have to think on it. <laughs> and, you know, if I, he's gonna be like, I understand, John. I'll give you 24 hours. I'll hey, I'll tell you hey, this much. Yeah, like I don't even. I'm not even. It's not in my power to even offer you anything like that. But I already want to double it. <laughs> your your, your resin you're really playing hardball and it's working i'm not i'm like okay what can we do what can we do what 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 kind of number just write up the number on this folded up slip of paper and slide it over to me pop saga you know we keep it groovy we talking cartoons books tvs and movies a couple of nerds but got style we so cool pop culture talking new and old school yeah you should know we love hip-hop from the roots ty lib shout out to feral munch we giving you what you want it don't get no liver ain't no doubt we gotcha this is pop saga let's go oh yeah you heard right this is a lifestyle welcome to the nerd life pop saga Welcome to Pop Saga, the podcast about pop culture as seen through the yellowed eyes of a couple of moldering Sith Lords. Today we're continuing our Star Wars retrospective with 2005's Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. I'm intergalactic thick boy and circular piano-playing dynamo, Forrest Snoodles, and I am joined, as always, by Mustafar's premier lava dealer, whose deals and takes are always red hot, Baron John of Nar Shaddaa. John, are you ready to talk about Star Wars, or has this movie sapped you of the will to live? Roger, roger. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Uh, <laughs> let, let's be fair you know we will be talking about revenge of the sith but i'm really excited to be talking about oliver ford davies last portrayal of co bibble uh, <laughs> of course you know, our guiding would... light our north star co bibble yeah. uh the guy who as far as i can tell from the events of uh, revenge of the sith mm -hmm. is just like Blowing everything out of proportion all the time. Well, I mean, you might call it like, you know, crying wolf. I'm calling it a cautionary tale. Yeah. 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 I, I think the new queen told CO Bibble to CO his way out of there. <laughs> 
I'll show you. He doesn't even sound like that. He's super proper. I will yeah. see you, people. And I will see you or see me out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> I mean, he, he could have had, he had his chance to be the real, you know, the, 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 one of those classic Star Wars background stars that everybody loves. Uh, but I think he lost out to Jimmy Smits. Jimmy Smits is the best person in this movie. I want to see an entire movie about Bail Organa flying around, just like getting places right after it would have mattered. <laughs> yeah, just you just think he's taking a little, little more sweet time. You just like, mm. well, okay, I could leave promptly at two. I'll leave about two or three. Get my, you know, get my juice in, get my blue milk in real quick, and then I'll get, in the, I'll get in the speeder and I'll follow the lanes versus just kind of going whatever direction I want because <laughs> we're flying. And I'll get there to watch a kid brutally murdered by a bunch of clone troopers that I could not stop. Sir, it's time to leave. So it is. Bye. So it is. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. No. Now you got me kind of picturing like the CO Bibble fan fiction where he's like in Java's palace and someone pulls oh, like a thermal de- detonator on Java and then you know he pulls out his little p- the boobian pistol and then like you know the deal gets you know handled or Java's like oh 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 then we get the CCO Bibble look at the person and do that little Boba Fett head nod which is like <laughs> <laughs> you're like damn CO Bibble fucking he runs he runs tough. <laughs> And he Time still has that, like, crushed velvet suit on. Yeah, yeah, but it's all fucking dirty, like, covered in, like, lum and all other boots and stuff. But, <laughs> but his hair is still perfectly quaffed, and he's got, like, you know, that uh, William Shakespeare goatee kind of thing going <laughs> right, on. He's got the Billy Shakespeare goatee, and, yeah, I mean, like, I'd love to see him. Give me a, give me a Disney Plus show that's just C.O. Bibble. Just uh, it's just called CO. No, it's just called Bibble. Bibble. <laughs> the Bibble Chronicles. <laughs> it's just, it's just him and Salacious Crumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome! Great, super cool. I use. Modern slang. I don't know. No, no. and the, I thought they called me the immortal bard. <laughs> <laughs> he just is Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, me and Salacious Crumb went back in time. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, forward in time. We went to the future to do a place called E Earth. <laughs> It's players. Naboo. I mean, er, the world, the world. Yes, that is a word you use here on ER. What is this place called? Uh, the world. Uh, that'll do, right? Yes, and this play is being held in my building called the Globe. <laughs> he's got a real problem. He's got. With, he's uh, got- Severe shape stuff because yeah. we know when he first went to the Globe Theater, he was like a droid control ship. I mean, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> oh well that's the end of this one thanks for everyone joining uh bibble talk <laughs> um, uh, so john i think i've 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 come to a conclusion okay uh i i feel like i think it's important to take responsibility for stuff and i feel like maybe our generation might be to blame for the oh. state of uh star wars fandom as it is today how so well because like i think back you know, I'm granted. I I saw this uh, movie when, you know, I guess I was 24 or something around somewhere around mid 20s, and so I didn't know anything, but I certainly thought I did. And I I remember clowning on this movie and the one before it and the one before that. But then I think there's all these kids that are just like seeing it and they are loving it. And here I am just being like, well, it it didn't really live up to my standards. It's like, this is the movie for them. And I took a shit all over it for so many years. No Mm. wonder that that same generation has grown up and now they're shitting on new Star Wars. It's like, it's us. We did it. It's our fault. They learned it by watching us, Dad. <laughs> what? They're opening their cigar box is nothing but like older Star Wars. <laughs> yep. It's like, here's the Taco Bell uh, buzzer thing for the Darth Vader ships and the Boba Fett hanging on the finger thing. I learned like, it from watching you. This is the only Star Wars. This is the only real Star Wars with these Star Wars. And then. These kids are like, oh, whatever. I like, I like Jar Jar Binks. I like, uh, I don't know, Co Bibble. <laughs> I'm a yeah. huge Co Bibble head. And then you see a bunch of all these people. Maybe you look up to them. Maybe you don't. But they're taking a shit on the thing you like. No wonder you're taken to Reddit and saying, no, this new Star Wars sucks. The old, this, this, the prequels were the best. No wonder. Yeah, but see. Th- I get I get where you're coming from with that. I really do. But you're wrong. You see. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's fine. That's, that wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, see, so we all know the original trilogy is the best trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then everything else go. that comes is closer to being good or further away from being good. So the prequels... We're not, gen- we, we've talked about this before. These movies weren't really directed towards us. We see that now. Um, you know, they were directed towards a new generation. Um, it just happens that what the new generation got was new Coke. Well, we had Coke Classic. <laughs> but they love their new Coke. They right? love it. They, they, the, they, the, the uh, prequel memes uh, corner of Reddit is bursting with energy and it's alive and people are memeing this movie to death and they love it and all the more memes make it all the more beloved and uh so yeah i mean i don't know i think there's a quality bar to be associated with memeing i think that partly to meme it is because there was something inherently funny about what you're memeing in the first place yeah so that's true right so then like if you're watching empire Less the meme, because that shit's a right. good movie. <laughs> not a lot of not a lot, not of, a lot meme of meme material. 
you know, like, you know, maybe you'll get the random, like, Darth Vader inspirational quote, you know, like, team, like, to lift them up is to bring, you know, build their spirits as he's choking. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure. But I mean, like, these, these movies were like a meme factory, just because a lot of it was just like, ooh, there was a level of, uh, you know, I hate to say it, cringe that you could experience through some of this. Um, but I totally get that these are some people's first foray into Star Wars movies, so they hold a lot more water and, you know, light to them than the other ones. So yeah. It's the same angry fans who hated on these are the same ones that were also probably hating on the, you know, the uh, sequel trilogy. Well, that's so- just it. I feel like then, like... I feel like we raised in a way as generational fans, we raised this generation to, and all they saw was toxicity towards new star Wars. And then new star Wars comes out and, and here comes the new toxicity as well. I don't know. And of course this is not universally true. There, there's plenty of star Wars that most people like, but um, I don't know. I guess it just was something that I was thinking about and I felt kind of bad about it. And so <laughs> it was like just exploring well, that a little well, bit. Let me assuage your fears. You okay, have a level of taste that mm-hmm. you know what is good versus what is bad. And there are some people who do not have that capability. Those yeah. are people who enjoy the prequels. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, well, that's a hot take. Just like I explained in my intro. Uh, John, the, uh, because you are the uh, number one, the premier lava dealer on Mustafar. That's right. They gotta be collecting that shit for something. Yeah, because it's it's not for anything practical. It's for, <laughs> it, it's for sick burns, literally yeah. and figuratively. That's how you form all of your hottest takes yeah, with take lava a- from the core of Mustafar. Yeah, take a big old swig of Mustafar. Lava juice. And then I'm just all like, the best part about this movie is Captain Typho. And then people go, who? And I'm like, what is, is he just in the funeral scene? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just like poor Jar Jar. Man, talk about like uh, responding to toxic fans. Jar Jar is, is not in this movie for all intents and purposes. Yeah, definitely not. So I think this is tradition. I don't remember because I haven't listened to our last uh, Star Wars podcast in a long time. But, uh, John, can we get your official ranking of Star Wars Episode 3 in your top nine? Hold on. I gotta do some math. It's number seven. So that, well, number I, six uh, or seven, I guess for me, mm, number six or seven. Wow. Yeah. Like so that I, means one of the sequels lives behind, uh, episode three, potentially, potentially I would need to go to, you know, we didn't really, I didn't take the time to reflect and, um, which I should have, and 
for that, you know, I can only say one thing. No! <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, no, I should have taken some time. It used to be higher uh, when there was only six of them. Mm-hmm. It used to sit, like, right after uh, Return of the Jedi for me. So it'd be like Empire, Return of the Jedi, then Revenge of the Sith. So basically With, the top of your prequel ranking is safe yeah. to say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Mm. Out of the three movies, I enjoy Revenge of the Sith the most. Um, out of the prequels. Um, then Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Um, yeah. And I think my appreciation for Revenge of the Sith is kind of skewed in a way now with the uh, the emergence of the clone wars uh, yeah that's something that we'll, let's get into it uh yeah. in a little bit um but, so that's where it sits for me how about yourself so uh this movie is at a number eight for me number eight second to the last and i want to just remind everyone out there because this opinion does anger people a quite a bit but uh that i would rather watch any star war before anything good like if you were like let's watch godfather i would be like can we watch attack of the clones instead <laughs> Uh, because the, you know, uh, uh, your very kind compliments about my tastes aside, I, um, you know, we all know how uncultured and uninteresting I am as a person. So yeah, I would say, uh, Star Wars ranks above a lot of things that are legitimately good and like important experiences to have and good movies. So take that into mind when you are getting mad about <laughs> episode three on on my list of star wars but yeah it's uh i like uh and i think we talked about this on the phantom menace episode but phantom menace is my number seven for sure that's your number seven yeah it's my yeah. favorite of the prequels because well for a couple of reasons uh love liam neeson sure. i like him in the role um, and it's just wacky. The whole movie is very wacky and uh, weird, and it was like Lucas really trying something different. And I think each uh, movie after Phantom Menace uh, suffers from or benefits, depending on your um, point of view, from the uh, backlash from fans. So I like Phantom Menace not only because it's fun and light and corny, but... Um, it is uh, kind of his, it's, it's a lot of people's sort of overflowing creativity dumped into one movie. And I think um, it really shows. It really tries a lot of weird stuff, and it almost doesn't feel like Star Wars because of it, but it's kind of why I like it. Okay. I apologize, folks. I'll take back that him having a certain <laughs> taste uh, comment. It's uh... fun! The Phantom Menace is, and like, here's one of the things about this movie is for a Star Wars movie, there's a lack of cool new aliens and creatures. There's a few here and there, 
But Phantom Menace is just overflowing, or overflowing with weirdos. Fun, rubbery weirdos. Fun, mildly controversial weirdos. Well, yeah, there is. It's okay. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't get away from that. And if you're just. What is that young Greedo kid playing with? I don't know. What is it? <laughs> is it a ping pong paddle? Is it an iron, like, little lodge, you know, cast iron skillet? What is he playing with? What is he doing? Why is he pointing his butt at Annie? I have so <laughs> many questions. He's doing this, yeah, doing this little dancey dance shit. What are you doing, young Greedo? Yeah, what are you doing over there, Greedo? No, I mean... I get it. And I think, you know, like, upon, like, re-watching The Phantom Menace, for sure, like, the uh, the pod racing is super intense. But it still also denotes that it's only halfway through the movie. And you're just like, yeah. fuck, can we, can we move some of this along? Yeah, I, think I definitely it- had that experience with this movie. I paused it because I rewatched it for the podcast and I paused it halfway through and I was like, oh man. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's still because going. This, I think this movie, maybe more than the rest of the three, has a real problem with pacing. The, the middle of the movie is like very boring. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, you know... The war is over, and now we have to somehow escalate this real quickly, but we're not going to do it that way. So certain things will happen really fast, but most of everything happens like slow motion. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's even that one scene where it's just like uh, Padme is looking out one window and Anakin's <laughs> looking at another window, and it's just, it's quiet, it's just music, and it's just, like, zooming closer and closer to their faces. And you're like, man, this would be cool, but, like, for two minutes? This, this is gonna go on for two minutes here. Get to the action. Give me something, give me something, <laughs> give me something. Um, so let's, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I agree with you, there's some pacing. There are definitely some pacing things with it. Yeah, and I I guess to go quickly back to the whole ranking thing, I just have, like, more of a... I have the, like, really fond memories of, like, getting hyped up for Phantom Menace and, like, waiting in line and, like, the energy in the theater when we, uh, when everyone saw it for the first time. Uh, those are, like, really great memories to me, and I think that the... The thing was, and we talked about it on the that episode, so if you haven't checked it out, uh, check it out. It was actually one of our most popular <laughs> episodes behind, uh, you know, our, our our first legitimate one, the uh, the first half of the He Man um, movie. But um, I think that the each subsequent vi- viewing, sort of the cynicalness of. The, all the conversation surrounding uh, surrounding Star Wars and this the prequels especially and the energy of the audience and stuff sort of waned and I remember it got to the point for to when I saw this movie it was in a much smaller theater it was still opening night but people weren't as jazzed and 
I think at the end when Darth Vader does his no thing, there was laughter, audible <laughs> laughter from the audience. No one was, you know, taking that moment for the gravitas it was supposed to have. Well, the dude, like, stumbled like a kid learning how to walk for the first time. <laughs> he seems like Frankenstein. Yeah, it's all this Frankenstein monster moment, and then, like, this Padme. Oh, wait, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, you know. <laughs> you know, with the emperor just giggling in the corner. <laughs> yeah. You know what really struck me this time mm. around? is how like how nice it is to have James Earl Jones back you know doing the voice like he acts the shit out of that moment and adds a level of um i don't know like seriousness that it was it seemed like it was hard for Hayden to pull off during the movie i don't know yeah i no yeah no no, 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 no. <laughs> Like, if anything has shown us the power of the person behind the suit, if you weren't, if you didn't watch the original trilogy for some reason, never saw David Prowse's Darth Vader, really gave him that demeanor, another one to watch is The Mandalorian. There's a person doing so much behind a helmet and just a voice, but like the body language, the movement can tell you a lot about a character. And when he comes waddling off that table, he's like, you know, like he wasn't going to be able to play, you know, pull that off. There is not enough Marcel Marceau training, you know, mime training, anything to be able to help him <laughs> be able to do that. Um, Man, can you imagine if he said anything else? Like if he just was like, uh, if he just yelled out Padme and like nah, broke everything nah. in the room in his uh, rage, that'd be cool. No, that would have just been. It would have been as funny. It, <laughs> no, it, no, because it would have been because the, it's, it's so hacky. No, it's so it's hacky this... to yell out no. They should like oh, the only you... thing that was missing was like cutting to a a few you know a space tree and having a bunch of space crows fly out of it. Oh oh oh! You mean like almost in every movie where someone dies in their arms like ow? Most <laughs> of the time it's pretty fucking silly. And this is that that's what I'm saying. You could have had him said the most fucked up shit, and it'd be like oh man, you know, and he's like. I hate the world, but that movement that he has with his body would have made it look like he was two <laughs> years fair. old. That's the problem. Like, that's fair. You you know, there's a point where you have to be trans Jedi. Exactly, you have to be transported out of that to be able to be like, oh man, yeah, he felt it. Where you don't see the silly, but yeah, at that point, he's like, no, oh come on, this is it. This is what we get, but it was the little baby waddle. Didn't help that whole scene. You know, like, it might as well have been like, no! Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> no! You know what I mean? Are you sure it wasn't one of her handmaidens? She does that sometimes. No, I'm positive. No! Wait. You're sure now? Yeah, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was messy. Oh, uh, uh, that sounds terrible. 
<laughs> uh, okay, no. Okay, now well, let's go see the space station you want to show me. <laughs> now, show me a uh, weird Tarkin. Yeah, show, show me <laughs> show me disturbing Tarkin. Oh, whoa, whoa. hopefully what, what is going on with your face? <laughs> yeah. Why are you a cartoon character? You You've got so much appliance on. <laughs> what yeah. is this? And you're not it, it even an alien. You should not have even been in the scene. It's very unnecessary. Uh, it could have just been us looking out the window going, <laughs> that's going to take 18 years to build. <laughs> Better be patient. Uh, 18 fucking years to build that goddamn thing. And they already have <laughs> the infrastructure on. I've seen buildings go up in like six months now. You're going to tell me it takes you 18 years to build a, a Death Star? Get out of here. Yeah. And then they started the second one right away. They're like, oh, we're going to break this one. <laughs> yeah. You got to build them. And they probably were being built in parallel. The emperor was just like, well, the original one is nice, but I want it bigger. bigger. <laughs> I don't really like how the finishes inside came out. Can we make yeah. another one? <laughs> I'm really into open concept, you see. Now I don't want the gold finish on the things. I want I want to be able to look from here over to my elevator so I can see my gods. The current <laughs> one... They're blocked. I can't see them. They can't see me. There's a bond, you see, that we have. But this fast one is too small now. I think, yeah, open concept, uh, granite countertops, and a, I, need a, <laughs> I need a pit in my throne room um, just so I can throw trash down. You see, I like a banana, <laughs> and I like to just throw the peels away, but I don't want my gods to slip on it. Is that fair? Okay, that's what this is. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, you know, you know how George Lucas loves to make uh, special editions, sort of tinker and tweak his movies. Um, mm -hmm. I think that after this movie, they should have gone back into A New Hope, and they should have redone Obi Wan's speech when he's telling uh, Luke about the his dad. He should like um he should have been like, Oh, I know your father. We fought together in the Clone Wars. Uh he was the greatest star pilot and a good friend. Wait, no, 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 I was thinking of Plo Clune. Your father was an asshole. <laughs> totally betrayed us all. Get this, get this. First, he has a nightmare, right? And it's like, mm. oh, geez, a nightmare. And he's, he's feeling bad about it. And then, right after that, he's like, he's like, doesn't get the promotion he wants. And then, mm -hmm. flash forward, two weeks later, he's just slaughtering a room of children. <laughs> this guy. It's not, that's, <laughs> it, it's not even two weeks. It's like no. maybe like a day, if that. He's just like, I'm not a master. I should be on this castle, Brock. <laughs> you know, he, uh, it's impossible to, to tell how long this movie is, like what the span of time it's supposed to cover. Because I feel like when we first, when we first see uh, Padme and she tells 
uh, Anakin that she's pregnant, she's not showing. But by the end of the movie, she is, like, clearly showing. So, like, how does this movie take place over a series of months? Like, what is the timeline here? I wish I knew, because it feels like days. We don't do research. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I refuse to. So all one of the, the research parts... I <laughs> sorry, I was, just... I was just like all the research I do is theater of the mind and what of course. I saw on the screen. So I just <laughs> assume between those two things, I figure out how it was done. Please continue. Well, I was just gonna say the uh, one of the parts I really enjoy about this movie is the start. I think uh, because I think one of the reasons this this lands so low in my list is that there are don't get me wrong there are plenty of parts of this movie i I like a lot uh i would even say love i love several parts of this movie but i think overall there are just so many other parts that that create weird questions or that just kind of take me out of the experience that that it, it feels very uneven for me whereas like attack of the clones there are like very few parts that I actually enjoy that movie and most of it's just distracting and bad to me Uh, episode 3 has like a lot of pretty high highs and then just maybe equally or more lows I don't know how do you feel Um, well I kind of alluded to it earlier like my perspective on this movie has shifted only because of all the excellent work Dave Filoni and them did with the Clone Wars uh, series, the kind of uh, help me get over those missed opportunities and moments. So I kind of infuse what I know from that into Revenge of the Sith, and I feel it actually makes for a stronger movie. But it required that additional context. Um, as yeah, far... I mean, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go, go ahead. Good, please. No, no, go ahead. I was just saying, like, it's I don't know. It is like. It's it's true, right? The the work that Dave Filoni did and the Clone Wars and Rebels and all the stuff that he's created, including the Mandalorian, have just have been great and they add so much texture and depth to Star Wars in general. And he's obviously someone who gets the property and is a, a creative storyteller in his own right. And you know, he's someone who they say George Lucas has sort of handpicked to um, you know, carry on his vision, and you could see why. There's definitely he definitely understands what uh, Lucas was trying to do, and he's able to carry that on. But it's almost unfair to the other movies <laughs> that these prequels have so much supplementary material, and uh, you can't. You kind of can't disconnect it, like you're saying, from the experience of watching this movie. But the the depth that they add is doesn't exist in this movie, at least in my opinion. No, one a, a million gajillion percent, which is a real number. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It it's not there. It's artificial because there were. So, like, a lot of these movies, a lot of, I feel, the prequels and, the, you know, even the sequel trilogies, what they've done is 
they've laid out a lot of nice groundwork, but a lot of it's not necessarily followed up with. Or an idea is only half-baked, and then it's taken from that and, and, you know, generated into something else. With this movie here, we totally get, like, you know, it's like the end of the Clone Wars. We didn't even get to see the Clone Wars, right? Like, <laughs> in Attack of the Clones yep. was the start, and then it's like, Revenge of Sith, hey, it's over. <laughs> so <laughs> It took place off screen. Yeah, it's like, that's not important. Literally, was that's not important. Or they're like, oh, we're going to do a cartoon about it. That'll explain everything. Done. But in their interim, we didn't even get to see that statement where he's like, oh, yeah, he's a great, you know, general in the Clone Wars. We didn't even get to see that shit. So, like, it it is very shallow. Anakin's fall to the dark side is very you know it it takes some uh what's the best way it takes some leaps of faith to just accept right like if you didn't have the clone wars cartoon context to kind of see that little uh don't mess with anakin he realizes who he is you know and what he can do type of thing and instead we just had solely to go off of this performance you'd be like that's what turned you to the dark side I think so. One of the things I was thinking about when I was watching this movie is I think for me anyway, the and this isn't really supported by the Clone Wars, so I don't I wouldn't say this is canon, but the prequel trilogy works a lot better for me. If you think of um, Anakin as someone who is very simple in terms of like they're not wise. They're very like simple and powerful, but, um, but easily manipulated and maybe even a little naive because then you have this like, you know, super powered Jedi who each side Sith and Jedi both want, and they both let him down in very clear ways. Obviously the Jedi don't rescue his mom when they easily could. And then they don't ever trust him and they neglect him sort of emotionally, which is something he needs obviously. But, and then of course on the other side, Palpatine is grooming him and shepherding him along and lying to him for most of the time. And, and, deliberately making his life worse uh, via his machinations. But um, I think if you look at him as just somebody who is just like gentle, but easily manipulated, then it works a lot better because then it makes his choices make a lot more sense as somebody who is just like, who's just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, like, everybody's let me down. (laughs) Like, I, I, he's someone who is constantly having power taken away from him, so finally he just makes a choice that will finally grant him some sort of agency in a world where everybody has been manipulating him and letting him down. I think that that helps my headcanon to look at him that way. But of course, like, you said if you look at the clone wars he is extremely savvy he is intelligent and uh the character is wildly different 
in the Clone Wars than it is on the screen. It makes, uh, for me anyway, it makes that fall make more sense. Um, sure. I, look, I, like, I'm with you. That headcanon could definitely be valid. What you were describing can definitely be validated by what you're seeing on the screen. He's just like, I don't know what to do. I just know I love this person. I will do anything for her. So, yeah, I'll go to the Jedi Temple, kill some kids. Um, you know, you can call me Darth Vader. You just made that up <laughs> off the top of your head? Cool. Uh, I'll do it. Uh, yeah, I'll go to Mustafar. I'll go kill all those other people. It's fine. I get it. Because you're going to... I've made this Fa Faustian deal with you. Right? That you... you mm -hmm. know, there's this power exists, yada, yada. Well, I need that power. I should have that power. Why don't I have that power? Well, we'll get it together. Don't worry. Right? Like, I get it. And you can see that definitely that duality in him being, you know, shunned by both. Um, both sides, for sure. Um, but to me, it's still, it, it feels like those are different movies then. Like, I would like to see more of Palpatine and Anakin's relationship. Not like these slide moments here and there, but like show us that there is that true duality between who's teaching him at the temple versus who's teaching him, you know, when he's not at the temple. And sure. Show it not this just like I'm very slowly going to manipulate your life and then you will have nothing to do but come to me. Show him being very aggressive about that. Or, you know, like, oh, you know, the, the Force, it sucks. You know, like, if you're a Jedi, you can't do <laughs> shit. Do you, you want to do some space blow? Come here. You know, like, just show He's me. really grooming him in the bad way. Know? Yeah, you know, but show me this thing. That's why I always go and say that, like, Kylo Ren, to me, is the better Anakin Skywalker story. Well, yeah. I mean, he, his, whereas Anakin's motivations for turning to the dark side are a little more suspect and a little more subtle, especially like he is a slave to these visions that he, that he has. And so, um, whereas Kylo Ren is like, his motivations couldn't be clearer and are actually a little more interesting because, I think everyone has the like the cultural touch point of seeing somebody who is the child or related to somebody very famous and then the pressure for them to be just as famous or good or successful is just so much that it is just it ruins their life and they develop bitterness towards it and they lash out and they rebel against it that that works, I think, or at least is a, it is a story that we can relate to more easily. Where, as Anakin's story is like kind of all over the place. Well, I mean, I can't relate to being immaculately concepted. You know, right? What I mean? like, <laughs> right? Like, I, I literally have no nobody can no except yeah, the no, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't do that. So he has that's a that's a very personal problem that he has that no one will be able to solve so then i just look at it as being 
Like, I mean, you even had almost a perfect template with Luke. Yeah. He's brash. <laughs> you know, he was like, mm, training, you must complete your training. He's like, no, I can't. My friends are in trouble. And he took off before he was ready to face Vader. That impulsiveness, that brashness, which you think you see in, say, Revenge of the Sith or, you know, Attack Clones, isn't really there. Like, you know, it's like, like him flying and speeder going, <laughs> That's him being edgy. Get the fuck out of here. Or him yeah. jumping out of a speeder. Okay, whatever. Or well, I think, like you said, the the Clone Wars cartoons and the supplementary material around it do a lot better of a job of showing the creeping darkness. Heck, even the uh, the non canon uh, Tartanovsky shorts um, add more relevance and purpose behind his change than than what is is in these movies i think like you said you can see them trying to do that a lot with these like little asides or these little parts where he's sort of misbehaving but like they'll balance that these sort of handfuls of quote-unquote darker moments which don't really feel that dark with these huge monumental switches to the dark side that are always precipitated by these bad dreams these visions of the future that are like you know like yoda even warns him they you know it's clouded and there's a reason why the visions are literally clouded is he can't see the whole picture so he's just make, making excuse me making assumptions and leaps uh based on this incomplete information but he also doesn't learn or grow from the first time. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, this character's fate is sealed. It's it. We already know the outcome of this. We knew that you know, watching any one of these movies, it was not going to be like, aha, he never became Darth Vader after all. It was someone else. You know, all it was right, never going right. to be that case. So you're just kind of looking for, you know, like, you know, like Pat Oswald says, like, yeah, is he going to be like a little Damien, you know, kid from like the, the Omen, <laughs> you know, like, is he going to be just <laughs> evil already? Like, or give us a fall that makes sense. And I, I, I do want to hearken, like I said, this movie has changed for me because of the context I can apply to a clone the, from the Clone Wars cartoon. That being said, that is not fair for other people who are not willing to go through the Clone Wars cartoons who would be interesting and interested in getting that level of context. So I should say that the movie should be able to stand on its own to be able to deliver that, and it does not. Um, but I do think uh, with the prequels, to me it feels the most like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I think um, from an aesthetic standpoint, it has that going for it. Like I mentioned earlier, the opening scene has a lot of cool space battle stuff. We see ships that kind of look like Star Destroyers, and um, it has like banter. The chemistry between Obi-Wan and Anakin is a lot more fleshed out and good in this it movie, is, I think. It, yeah, it's the best out of the prequel trilogy. I feel. And I think that's one of the things I don't like about this movie the most uh, is that they split them up so early in its runtime. They have plenty of time where we could have gotten more of their banter 
more of them growing closer on the film because you know for better or worse they didn't they you know in phantom menace obviously they they weren't able to show that because of the time set the period you know when he was they were just meeting and you know the they had to get rid of qui-gon basically <laughs> but uh you know in phantom or sorry in attack of the clones the they don't their relationship is very stilted the dialogue is very weird and it, and again they guess they get split up on that one too so you never get to spend time with them developing that relationship and then this movie comes around and it's like good there's like legitimately good interaction between them the dialogue is snappy there's often funny stuff in there and you want to see more of this sort of for a lack of a better term buddy cop type adventure movie um that we just don't get and i can't help but thinking that the inevitable turn would be so much more impactful if we just spent more time with these characters and, and see their relationship grow i'm with you 100 percent. but i feel like it since that was the close that was the closest to multiple jedis doing stuff on a screen that we'll ever get Right, like as far sure. as you know, that interaction, yeah. If Attack of the Clones, that bond definitely was not there, not for a lack of trying. It's just that the the dialogue that was written for it wasn't necessarily as strong. This one at least felt like, man, they've been doing this for a while, so they're <laughs> you know like totally in sync with each other. I love when they get caught in the ray shields on Grievous's ship and obi-wan's like <laughs> how did this happen we're smarter than this you know yeah. because of just how silly it seemed i really enjoyed that um i think the opening shot that whole space battle is a lot of fun um you know even when dooku and anakin fight that's pretty good i'm i'm upset that uh obi-wan gets taken out of the picture so quickly well, you know, one thing I noticed was that it's almost a mirror, almost exactly, of their fight in the Clone Wars, or Attack of the Clones. Like, they... Yeah, it follows almost the exact same pattern. Yeah, except this time, uh, Anakin has a robotic arm and the will to kill. <laughs> well, there's... Uh, there's and, that part where he goes, uh, my powers have doubled since the last time. And it's just like, what is this, Dragon Ball? <laughs> like, when do you, Can you stick your finger? Do you go to the, the Jedi CVS and put your hand in one of those little uh, blood pressure monitors? And it's like, your Jedi power is now 24,000. Whoa, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I was... You just you just took it to a dark place. There's a picture and when he had uh, Dooku there after he cut off both his hands. And it turns off his lightsaber instead of keeping him on and just puts his fucking finger right through his skull. Just like, <laughs> shit. Because he's got the cybernetic arm, right? He just goes brutal. Dragon Ball Z style. Yeah, just, just boom. Or like, you know, like Fist of the North Star. Just like, <laughs> like the whole bridge. Just, just pokes him a bunch and he yeah. explodes. You just hear like his, you just hear the mulching of his brain. You go, Okay, this guy, this guy's got a little dark. This this Anakin's committed some war crimes. Oh um, man, Dooku had so much time to say anything. That's one of those things where I'm just like, if this was, if 
this movie was written just a little bit better. I feel like Dooku would have tried anything to save his own butt because I don't think there's any Sith that is so bought into the uh, mission that they're willing to sacrifice themselves for anything. That's I, kind of antithetical to the whole Sith deal. Well, I think it was more along... Yeah, I I think that's maybe how they wanted that to come across, but to me it really felt like, now nah, this, this is Dooku realizing, wait a minute, you're telling me this evil Sith Lord is going to betray me? <laughs> yeah, know? that's that's why I, like he has so much time he and he is so like he spent so much time just looking at Anakin and shaking his head. He should have just been like, "No, it was him. He told me to do it. He 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 invited himself here. He wasn't in the chair until ten minutes ago. He's the guy you're looking for. Get him." Hey, you know, I I don't know what it's like. I've never had my hands cut off by lightsabers, uh, or lightsaber. Yeah, lightsaber. Um, but. Maybe he could have like jumped back, shoot some force <laughs> yeah. lightning out of his ass, and run away. <laughs> out of the, he jumps back and takes the shoes off, does toe lightning at him. He's like, <laughs> we discover like you know, Dooku wears toe rings. All, Eat this tough actin tenactin. Oh my god, he's just, <laughs> just you know shooting athlete's foot at him, then he bombs off. Sith athlete's foot. Because you know he can get new hands. That's that's not the end of his hands. He could get new hands. You make a new lightsaber. <laughs> I would love that scene to have like Anakin looks away while while Palpatine's like, uh, "Do it." Do it. He looks at he looks at Palpatine. <laughs> he looks back. Dooku's gone, and he's just running two stumps down the. Hall. <laughs> oh, no. I would. <laughs> I mean, you know, see him get an escape pod, shoot off. He's off. I, I He's take just him. a bunch of just mashing the controls with <laughs> the stumps. stumps. Uh, where's, where's my robot pilot when I need them? <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. They do. One thing I noticed in this watch through. And I've said this before, but you know what I like to do about with Star Wars movies? I, I like to rewatch them, especially with the prequels. I like to revisit them and see if my feelings have changed. And I think each time incrementally, I enjoy them a little bit more. But uh, one of the things that I noticed um, in this watch through is that they do a good job of showing very important moments where the other Jedi let. Anakin down like for in instance during this initial battle in space he tries to go back to save some clones and Obi-Wan's just like eh forget about it it'll be fine <laughs> this is their job don't worry about it and then they both die and I thought those little moments are crucial to this the the story because we have to believe and I don't really but we're meant to believe by the end of the movie that anakin could be so dis disillusioned with the jedi that he would literally say believe the the bs that is being fed to him by palpatine one one hundo that's why i feel like this should have showed up earlier or their tutelage you know 
the duality between the conversation should have been stronger. Yeah. You know, versus like this, oh, well, I'll trick you eventually. You'll see it. Versus like, do you, do you realize, like, Palpatine does this whole, like, you know, the dogmatic view of the Jedi, right? Like, he has a statement. Why not say that earlier? Like, yeah. you, or change it. You know how I've told you about the dogmatic view of the like. <laughs> you know how I won't shut up about the dogmatic uh, view of the Jedi. You know, I, I, I go on a bit. You know, sometimes I take over a conversation and I apologize. But, you know, like, we should see him having that conflict. Those issues because it's it's much like his fall to the dark side i don't believe he's just like the jedi aren't doing much either because it just feels like he he is disappointed but it's not as strong of a you know it's not as strong of a hook so it's very hard for me to believe that that is the mindset he is currently in yeah, he, he, there's so little motivation for him to flip, it feels like, in the, in, in the movie, that it takes a little bit of a, the punch out of the inevitable uh, turn. And, you know, um, I don't know. It, I do like, there are aspects of uh, Hayden Christensen's performance that I do like a lot. I'd like uh, when he is confronting the Emperor, when the Emperor is like, he's laying these hints that are so, there might as well be lit up billboards being like, I'm the Emperor and I'm a Sith. When he's just like, uh, hey, Dark Side's cool, man. And I studied all about it. Plus, I got these creepy carvings and statues, and it looks like a bad guy's lair in my office. And, uh, but I do like the the sort of confused reaction of Anakin. I believe his anger when he he realizes that uh, that this his mentor has been the Sith that they're looking for the whole time. And I do like his. I actually this time around I liked his line reading of when uh, Palpatine's like, "Are you going to kill me?" And he's like, "I'd certainly like to." <laughs> <laughs> that always claimed for me before, but this time I was like, I don't know if it's the mood I'm in or, or I'm just exhausted <laughs> from moving, but like, I'm just like, yeah, he's really selling this. Yeah, I think you're exhausted, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait to finish your move. <laughs> Chill out. Watch that scene <laughs> Watch on YouTube. It's it <laughs> if you like it. Like, yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, it's either... I feel like Anakin should have been on it from the rip or it truly should have been such like, Oh, I didn't realize, but I flipped to the dark side years ago and never even realized it. That type of realization. Yeah. You know, something gradual or yeah, there's, there's probably a better way to do it, but, um, I do like his, when, you know, when when Mace Windu is like, hey, you can't come with us because obviously you're like too emotionally wrapped up in this whole thing to be effective. And the reason he's saying you have to take me with you is not because he wants to help, but he wants to make sure they won't kill the emperor because he has 
not because he cares about the Emperor necessarily, but it's just the Emperor has information that he needs. And this time around, watching when he actually kills Mace Windu, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. Um, he, it is almost a choice he makes because he just needs that information. And with Palpatine dead, he'll never get the information that he needs to save Padme, or that's what he thinks anyway. And so his, like, when he's like, no, just don't, just don't kill him. I need him. I need him. Don't kill him. It's like, I don't know. That worked a lot better for me, too, this time around. Yeah. 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 I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It still feels like he is the one who needs to die. Yeah, that that whole... part. Okay. I'm not saying that part's good. I this That part was... Ironically, worked worse because it see it seemed like if you walked in, if you were babysitting somebody, like you know, uh, like your your nephew or something, and you walked mm-hmm. in and they had a friend over and they were in a fight with them, and you were like, "Okay, who started it?" <laughs> You're like, "No, he was the one. He's the one who was hitting. No, he was hit." And like, it had a very the dialogue between. The Emperor and uh, Mace had a very juvenile quality to it. Yeah, it 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 got me the chuckle I remember in the theaters when I saw it. <laughs> and it's the the only constant, the only part that I could say for sure that I thoroughly enjoyed in uh, the through line through all of these is Ian McDermott being able yeah. to see him just eat the shit out of that scenery like oh i've been in these star wars pictures before i'm gonna have a good time and he's the one who sells like the yippee my plan has finally come to fruition you know? <laughs> you mean it's like his power unlimited power <laughs> right because that is like a dude who just went in like that is like a dude who just went into like a CVS and stole candy for the first time. <laughs> He's out in his car yeah. opening <laughs> up a pack of juju beans. Just just unlimited power. He's just juiced, you know, like he's got adrenaline <laughs> flowing. He, he can finally like be himself after all these years of being a poor senator from Naboo. Instituting a galactic war, all this stuff. Was finally, <laughs> like he finally got you know that hire he's been looking for, like so this premium employee. Yeah, exactly. He's like, it's she's. I've been waiting to kill you, motherfuckers, on you know for eighteen years at least. <laughs> he's like, and then he's like, uh, what does he say? Oh wait, when he's like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, even his tongue is out. He's like, yeah, you know, like he, you know, he hisses he, all the time. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like a mean you cat. know, like, like I mean, he's stabbing dudes. Like he's you, you pull like pieces out of like the Operation Board Gate, like with such precision. Like yeah, stab and yeah, he turns like a corkscrew and the, you know, like I oh, mean, when he flies, was, I call that the uh, the Emperor's toilet flush spin <laughs> he just yeah, he's like, going down a drain you're just like man 
I feel like they should have just chopped him in half in midair at that point. People are just like, whoa, that's a corkscrew. That was crazy. Oh, I'm stabbed. Well, I mean, I feel like the uh, everyone Mace grabbed was like the D D Jedi squad. How dare you? How dare you talk about how dare you talk about my best friend Kid Fisto in that manner and Keanu Bundy. Yeah. Oh, no. Keanu Bundy doesn't die in that one. He oh, gets, is that? <laughs> he gets shot by clones on the bridge when he's just like, come on, come on, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, one, no one gets it worse than Ayla Sakura, who oh, no, that gets one shot was... twice in the back and then gets <laughs> shot just a hundred more times for no reason. None. Like, they mulched her. That was some pent-up aggression. You know, Plo Kloon gets capped in the spaceship. Who am I uh, thinking of? Who's the Zabrak in the... Eeth Koth. Okay, there you go. Yeah, He's, Eeth- he, gets, Eeth- he gets stabbed right away. They all you can't do. blame me for not remembering him. No, of course not. Like, I mean, you even see him. Like, when he gets stabbed, he's like, Ah, I've been stabbed! <laughs> he doesn't do anything. At least Kit Fisto gets a couple of deflections before he's just like, Ah! Oh no, I've been bested by a corkscrew! He gets yeah. gutted. Oh he gets my God, finned. And if Anakin would have been there, he probably could have helped him kill him. Like, we could have ended the movie early. Yeah, well, the... These movies are all about the Jedi's making the wrong choice over and over and over and over. And well, over. also forgetting how to fight. Um, yeah. Not being able to tell this dude was evil. I mean, they knew they <laughs> they knew they didn't like him, but they didn't know why they didn't like him. Yeah, they like also he, play right into his plans. Like he can't have known they would so perfectly be like, "Well, I guess we got to take over." Like, I mean, that's someone on the Jedi Council should have like raised their hand and been like, "Hey, can we ask maybe like Bail Organa to do it? It will look weird having like a military arm of the government take over and install a new government with that." Okay, you guys are walking away and no one's listening. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Okay, you you go. Um, but you'll tell people, right? No, no one. Yeah, that you know what. That's what Yaddle brought up, and that's why she's not on the council. They're like, "Mm, Yaddle, leave, you must, for bringing up (laughs) controversial themes. We told you that the uh, Palpatine was evil, sort of, but we did not know because the dark side clouds everything. Yaddle, you must go. (laughs) Just go. (laughs) How How pissed must Yaddle be? Now, I, I, you know, she, I, you know, because she's probably at home watching this, these, this new Mandalorian, and she sees Grogu, and everyone loves Grogu, and she's like, "What about Yaddle? No one remembers Yaddle. No one wants a keychain with Yaddle on it." Mm, disappointed, I am that you. I think, I think Yoda. <laughs> I think Yoda strong armed her out of that. He's like only one. Green guy, <laughs> one little green character with big ears. Can there be <laughs> you? That is not it. <laughs> Leave you probably <laughs> kick rocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> feet beat. You must. Here's a question: 
Do you think Mace Windu force pushed himself out of the window? Because <laughs> then, kind of, when I watched it again, it kind of feels like he was just like, ah, being electrocuted, this sucks. I gotta get out of here. Pew! I mean, I wish. That'd be dope. I just would, I just would want to hear, pew! And then, so we never question he'll ever come back again. He's I mean, dead. Yeah, I know. But I mean, the way that window shatters, I was like, this- that window sucks. Who does Who does your windows, Coruscant? Because you needed a new window guy. Because <laughs> this is like, you could just easily cut holes in it and little centipedes crawl in and one hit from a lightsaber and it shattered the whole thing shatters. It shattered shatters like this is it wasn't even safety glass like this is just like what if somebody had had what if some speeder had gone out of control palpatine's like 40 50 years of machinations would have been for naught (laughs) like and then and again we'll turn he'll chop up uh dooku's head and then I what's that sound? It's a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Jetster Dexter that did it all. Yeah, my bad. I was going to talk to my friend Obi Wan at the palace. And Is this Obi's house? <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> Looks like Jetster Dexter is going to have another hit and run on his record. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, you know what this movie has going for it? Bruce Spence. That it does. That it does. In a almost unnecessary role. (laughs) His role is great. He's like, no war here unless you've brought it. Oh, they're right behind me. Oh, shit, they're here. Just help us out. Oh, my God. They're right. Oh, do you have troops or shit? I mean, they're right. Everything's great. Everything here on Utapa. We... Uh, would you like a lizard burger? <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> I don't know what they do. What there. do they do on Utapa? I would have liked to see him like walk over to the corner dressed as his character, then get in like a little flying machine, <laughs> gyrocopter. <laughs> yeah, just fly off. <laughs> I'm like, yes. He's yes. just like, give me some guzzling. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, guzzling. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm tired of the you know the. The Lord Humongous, so I got to get out. I'm tired of the Lord Grievous. I got to get some of that guzzling and get out of here. <laughs> then Kid Harrington, the Black Knight, appears. <laughs> look at him. Look at him right there with his guzzling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. that would have been great. Uh, and I mean, look, we get Obi-Wan fighting General Grievous. General Grievous, I think, is one of my favorite additions to the prequels. Uh, yeah he's cool he's like like a proto vader exactly and i enjoy his design immensely um but again it feels like someone who i wish would have been introduced earlier so he's way too cool to be like instantly taken out we have no idea like how 
because he's in sort of like I, I think they meant this reveal to be very impactful when because when we're introduced to him obviously he looks like sickly for a droid which is weird uh, you know it was it, it, weird right off the bat but then like he's like takes his his robe off and oh shit he's got four arms and tons of lightsabers yeah and uh he's doing shit he's gonna mess people up yeah he's cool but like like you said, you we don't know how we just have no context for how dangerous he is, and yeah, so when he gets killed, you're just like it doesn't feel like that much of a accomplishment almost. No, not whatsoever. I mean, it's he's not even killed in a lightsaber battle; he's shot through the heart. He's like literally Bon Jovi'd. Um. <laughs> you're to blame. <laughs> Uh, Obi Wan, oh, yeah, and it, it it seems like they they had the idea, like they're like, well, we know that Obi Wan says that blasters are uncivilized in the original trilogy, so we need some situation in which he ends up being like so uncivilized. <laughs> I just didn't think he was going to be the one to uh, to wield it and blast his heart into smithereens. I mean, he couldn't. He couldn't. He- chopped up one of like Django's guns and you could have said that in attack of the clones and get yeah. that out of the way or just like it? all three movies <laughs> he always like uh, so uncivilized yeah i mean you know everyone has to say i have a bad feeling about this so you might as yep. well have had him so, yeah, so uncivilized so uncivilized so uncivilized <laughs> so many hey did you guys see that battle out there so many blasters, so uncivilized. Yes, Obi-Wan, we get it. Yeah. Uncivilized. Cool. You're great. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right, I, I have to ask. How did you feel about... Execute Order 66. Like, at the t- uh, when I first saw it, or this time? Uh, how about you, uh, you tell us this time, but then, like, you know, like intersperse it with how you felt maybe when you saw it in the in the theaters if there were different takes i don't know like each there is something about this movie where it doesn't you know when you're watching a movie or game of thrones or whatever else and you and you start sensing that things might go wrong for the hero characters and you start getting this pit in your stomach like uh oh Oh no, what's happening? Like you you can see it coming a little bit and you're and you get this like dread that starts forming and you hope it won't happen but you but you know it's bubbling up inside of you. I just never got that with this movie. I think it's because we spend so little time with the characters and this is before the clone wars obviously that make this scene so much more impactful. Mm. But when I saw the the movie, I was just like, "What the f- order sixty six And now he just he had this whole, whole time, like the it like it seemed very convenient. Um, you know, when I first saw it, seeing it since then, I, it's you know, it's it's a sad scene, and especially when you have more context around these characters, it feels a lot more sad. But I'll tell you one thing, th- the finale of rebels right or yeah. was it the 
Clone oh. Wars. No, the 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 final season of the Clone Wars, that yeah. last few episodes that contained the Order 66 from a different perspective, mm-hmm. that is so much more effective and affecting um, of a perspective of that, I think, than what happens in this movie. It's all fairly perfunctory, right? Like, he they flip the switch, and, like, Palpatine's orders just go off like that, and all of the Jedi are just taken out, like, no problem. So it's like, what were the Jedi really? Were they super powerful? Were they prescient? Were they this force to be reckoned with? Or if two clones had a little bit of coordination, they could just kill. <laughs> like, is all it takes is surprise? I, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> How about like, you? It, what did you feel about it? I'm with you. Like, watching it in the theaters, I was very much like, oh, well, this sucks. But, like, I don't really know who any of these people are. Like, I didn't see them help out. They weren't, like, all grouped up together. You know, in No fact, emotional connection whatsoever. Yeah, you know, like, watching you know, Mundy get <laughs> fucking gatted. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you get what you get, I guess, you know. <laughs> it's like, like Plo Kloon gets blown. You're like, okay, I saw that guy, like, one once before. <laughs> like, I don't even think he said anything. No. So like you just see him, so you're just like, who's this? who? Who just died? Oh, I think he was a Jedi Master, maybe <laughs> not a Master seeing shit coming. Um, yeah, none of them. Like you said, Alis. I thought that was just fucked up. Yeah, but I wasn't it's, like it's like someone had a vendetta against that character. Weirdly, yeah, someone was like, oh, we're really gonna we're we. I don't like this character. She's blue. <laughs> something like i mean she gets lit the fuck up so yeah i had zero emotional attachment it was you know like seeing yoda's response to it kind of gave it some weight but you know overall it was just like eh. i just watched a bunch of you know whack-ass jedi is getting killed by an old dude sitting down so like <laughs> I'm not expecting these guys to do much here. Um, But to your point, again, something that does not exist, did not exist then, but exists now, having, yeah, the last, like, four episodes of the Clone Wars play into what happened at, you know, Revenge of the Sith makes it a lot more impactful. Rewatching the Clone Wars, then watching Revenge of the Sith made that carry so much weight because now I knew these characters, right? There was a stake. So on like casual viewing, I'd be like, nah, it's just whatever. But if you have that level of context, yeah, there's a lot more weight. You're like, fuck man, he got taken out like that versus like, fuck man, he got taken out like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I'm right there with you to be totally honest. So are there any other big points about this movie you want to discuss or any big, uh, are there any things you like that really, that you like, uh, look forward to seeing every time you watch it? Uh, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, hold on. I said the first part earlier. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I do. So, and I know this is a big, um, uh, uh, discussion point between you and I is the uh, lightsaber battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, I 
I like it because it's the most at the time kinetic lightsaber battle we've ever gotten in the Star Wars universe. Like they're both kind of in their prime, <laughs> both mm-hmm. willing to like whoop each other's asses. So I do enjoy that part. Um, I understand that it is kind of silly when you just keep swinging a blade around and don't even remotely hit each other. But um, I, I do like that pacing the <laughs> until it starts getting to the lava portion and they're just riding yeah. around on these force field things. And then I feel like that slows it down. I wanted then, to talk to you about that a little bit. Yeah. If we could take a little sidebar, please. But <clears throat> I felt like when they were just fighting through like corridors and they were just kind of like having a bare knuckle brawl, these two pe like there's so much emotions going between these two characters. They both feel betrayed by each other. And of course, Anakin is just in a, in an insanely bad place. He, you know, we saw him sort of looking over the lava fields and crying. So we, we know he is conflicted still. And then he just like, he just choked his wife with a force choke, which makes him like, you know, it, it sends his character into irredeemable territory, but it also shows us like how damaged and confused and, uh, you know, violent and angry he is. So we have this like really emotionally charged fight through these hallways and they're using force powers on each other. And it's like, it's pretty, it's, it's totally intense. I completely agree with you. But the minute it transitions into a set pieces, just a set piece after a set piece after a set piece, it completely loses all its gravitas and its importance. And it's emotional. It's like, it's impossible to connect with the emotions of these two characters when you're watching them just sort of like precariously balance on a pipe or climb up a weird lava shield thing while it floats through the lava and down a lava waterfall. Like that whole sequence saps any gravitas and emotion from the site, uh, the fight. And that's why I really don't like it. Or I, I should say I like half of it. I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I feel like there is a level of pacing that could have happened where that, like, you know, the, the, the implication is, yeah, we're seeing Anakin uncorked, right? Like, he's going to be using all his power. He doesn't have nearly, you know, he doesn't have the worry about killing somebody. So, like, him running up that thing and doing that flip, like, you know, where Obi-Wan thinks he's ahead could have been cool but yeah it just felt like okay they're fighting through the corridor now we have to get them to the lava because we've set this up so many years ago that we need to get the fight there so let's just kill any sort of momentum to bring us to that point like even when he lands on the droid that has the shield and he's floating in right meaning meaning from the look badass i'm just like how does that droid know where you want to go? Why does that <laughs> yeah. droid just take you over what? to where he was going what? originally? What about the part where Obi-Wan, you know, he flips off of the platform onto the shore and Anakin's on that floating platform. He's able to control the platform uh, to the point where he can bring it back because it was heading in the other direction and sort of float in front of Obi-Wan while they have this discussion that Anakin, you know, that Obi Wan has the high ground, and Anakin shouldn't do anything. But at that point, just 
if you have enough control to bring that little repulsor lift platform over to the shore, maybe just like raise it a couple feet like, or just go to another part of the shore. It's, now, granted, I am, this is nitpicking a little bit, but sure. it, it does like, if he has that much control out of it, like why is he at a dif- disadvantage at all at all? Because he's it, more mobile. He should be able to, it, you know, make the fight, whatever he wants. See, there's, but that's another, like, there's another thing that should have a weight to it, but it doesn't. Like, the high ground should have almost been a concept that they introduced way earlier. Like, I mean, like, Attack of the Clones when he's training earlier. You know, like, like a callback. These, these prequel yeah. trilogies benefit from the fact that one man wrote and directed them. You know, obviously he had help. But it was one person, so there were through lines. Obviously, each one was kind of, the ideas were there, but then were being worked on after the films were being done versus congruently. So, like, this high ground line also just feels like, it just feels out of place, right? And then he's like, you you underestimate my power. And then this is how this giant battle ends. This fight, this fight to try to save Anakin is just he jumps and you just are like able to go whip, whip, and he loses three of his limbs, you know? Then you watch him burn. And instead of like pulling down <laughs> the fucking fire, you're like, oh, fuck it. Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm so take... disgusted with you. I'm just going to leave you here. Not yeah. very Jedi. Like, you should have just walked over there and lopped his head off if you were going to. Let him die anyway. No reason or, to have him just like, or he like fucking could have fell in, started burning, and then you know like he 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 was like I should end this, but pulls him out so that way there could be some guilt or something associated with the fact that he could have stopped you know stopped him before it happened instead of just like oh well you're burning uh oh uh, I'm gonna take this lightsaber though for your kid uh, he'll want this <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what if, like, he is in the lava, he's lost mm. just his legs, and he's, like, sinking farther and farther, and, like, so Obi-Wan comes over to pull him out, and then Anakin still is fighting back, so he, like, grabs his lightsaber, tries to swing at him, and that's when he chops his lightsaber hand up, and he's like, fine, jeez, I tried to help, jerk. Yeah, push himself away, maybe he falls over the fucking side, so that, you know, like, that's where the burning or hap you know, like something where it's just like, no, he, he, he's gone. The Anakin you knew is gone. You know, I mean, look, I believe Hayden Christian really hated Ian McGregor at that point when he's just like, I hate you. And he's you no know, kind of got that froth at the mouth. Yeah. Like he really that, puts a thousand percent into it. Yeah. You gotta that, give it up for him in that moment. Yeah. That felt like impactful, but then, you know, so much of it just feels like it was countered. You know, towards the end, like the emperor's like, "Oh shit, uh, my newly turned uh, apprentice is. Uh, we can get my shuttle. Uh, <laughs> he's burning. I think. I don't know. Let's go over here and go get him." To watching Padme die with a broken heart. Uh, we haven't even addressed the Padme of it all. I almost remiss to talk about the character because of how much I hate what they did to her in this final movie. She's got oh, nothing to do. Nothing to do. She has zero agency. She's just, a, 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 unfortunately, just a delivery tool 
in the worst way possible, you know, plot and otherwise. I I hated it. I love Yeah, like even when the go ahead, yeah, you love I love Padme. She's one of my favorite prequel characters because of, you know, the different way she was brought in, but being able to see kind of those Princess Leia roots, you know. I really wanted to see more from the character, more agency, more urgency, more respect. But yeah, Revenge of the Sith, you can talk about this movie without mentioning her until the very end because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even when you first see her, when her first, very first appearance, she's just like, oh, I thought you, would, you were dead. Oh, geez. She's just like, she's consumed with what him. She's super worried about him the whole time. And then she just spends the rest of the movie sort of like she's pregnant and in her apartment for like the rest of the movie. She gets a couple of like good lines about democracy dying or whatever. And, but it's just like, I don't know it, the way they treated her, especially considering the agency and uh, evolution that gave her character in the attack of the clones, like, here she's just like excitedly brushing her hair and talking about what you know the you know making space for the baby back on Naboo but like that's the most alive you ever see her no pun intended yeah no no not a fan we also skipped over the emperor and Yoda fighting um (laughs) it's it's good eh, I like uh, some eh. of Yoda's lines I mean it's impossible to take Yoda seriously because of the way he fights in these movies um so it kind of saps any sort of like uh, interest or or emotion from these scenes much like that you know the obi-wan and anakin fight but i do like when he he blocks the emperor from leaving yeah well i mean it it loses me when they both lightsaber fight i really wish that the emperor and yoda didn't like i feel like they that that is but that's me applying like kung fu movie logic like oh well if you're a master you don't need these weapons anymore because you you are so beyond it and so like when you see the emperor like picking up the senate chamber fucking seats and hurling them that's cool because that gives me like that like wizard battle moment that i was looking for but yeah when it's ever like you know versus the emperor doing the same thing on the little eh yeah, at least Jimmy Smith's went and got him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like Yoda seems so badass until he falls off that that thing in the Senate room, and then he just is crawled through a little tube. Please come get me, Yoda! Scared. <laughs> <laughs> but whooped it has been. Rescue me! <laughs> I require help. Yeah, and then Padme just dies. Uh... Oof. Uh... Oofa. Yep. Get me the loofah. I've got afterbirth everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she just, uh, why did they do that? Like, just have what Palpatine said be true. He already, like, choked her, which is super fucked up. Let's, let's just see, let, you know, have that be the reason that have her, you know, windpipe be crushed and she just is not you know, able to make it. Yeah, or have her just like, he's like, that is your old life. You must leave it alone. You know, like, he, him knowing how far he went that he could never return. So then it could just be, yeah, Anakin died. 
she could go live on Alderaan with Jimmy Smith. So that way you can explain why, you know, Princess Leia is like, I remember my mom, but you know, when I was very little, <laughs> yeah. versus this like impossible, <laughs> you know, moment. And then, you know, just be like, yeah, she, you know, like she died a few years, you know, after, you know, Leia was born. She just died or fucking she blew up on Alderaan. That's fine. Whatever. Like, yeah. You know, like, cause you know, Vader wasn't going to go like hey, um, throwing rocks at her balcony on Alderaan. <laughs> Starfu, hey, bad me. I know yeah. it was bad, but. And we or you could still have the, the lie they have in the movie already, right? That the Emperor said, like, that could just be the reality for him. The fact that she is dead, and the, the only reason that he tells them that he killed. Padme is to give her him no hope at all is it makes sense in the context of the character and their interactions but at the same time it's just like everything seems like the weaker version of what it could have been and I think that is what that's what I think is unfortunate about this movie because it had it was saddled with the weight of inevitability right it needed to come to this conclusion regardless of what happened to the story but it just did i mean if, especially in in terms of padme it just did her character um quite dirty as the kids say did her dirty yep i agree i agree yep but eh, bruce spence man it's not all i mean yeah i mean he was great and then yeah ceo bibble there's my yeah, Bibble's good. It's got a couple my... good lightsaber stuff, uh, or fights in it. It's yeah. got some good R two D two, uh, comedy at the yeah. start. Uh, Chewbacca's in it for some reason. I don't like that. I wish that wasn't the case, but it seems so ham fisted and shoehorned in. But um, one. Thank I mean, you, I guess Darfle. part of. Thank you, Chewbacca. <laughs> also, Thank you. Chewbacca is here. Everybody. Say hello to Chewbacca, you must. It's like, it was like one of those old variety shows. They should have yep. just like, they should have had him look at the camera and be like, <laughs> That's all. Mm, everybody. Yes, starring Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, so we have some complex emotions about this movie, obviously, and uh, if it, if you out there, if this is your favorite one, I hope it didn't, our discussion didn't upset you too much, but uh, just know that the world and the universe is big enough to where everyone can have their favorite stuff, and that's fine. So what do you say, John? Shall we wrap it up for this week? I know, it's disappointing, but I think we're going to have to. So, uh, that's going to do it for the, Roger, us Roger. this week. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I did. As a quick aside, did not mind the droids and their silly little voices as much. And I think that's also because of the Clone Wars. Wow. Dave Filoni, you are a, uh, I mean, you're a genius. 
Um, but that's going to do us uh, do it for us here at Pop Saga. Uh, as always, we would like to thank Burton M6 for the incredible theme song. If you would like to uh, support him, there's an easy way to do that. You can get to his Fiverr page. There's a link in our show notes. There is one for every show, so check him out if you are looking for some music. Uh, he is incredibly talented, as you can probably tell. If you'd like to support us and the ongoing production of this podcast, you can always go to our merch site and buy something from us. A portion of those proceeds go directly to us, and we put that money back into the show. You want to see us get new mics? You want to see the sound get a little bit better? <laughs> I don't know. You want better production quality overall? Well, that takes money, and uh, you can help supply that money by supporting us. If you would like to get in touch with us, there are ways to do that. We are on Twitter and Instagram at the Pop Saga, and you can also reach us by email. The Pop Saga at gmail.com is the address you'll use if you want to reach us there. And you know, if you don't want to, if you don't have the scratch, if you don't have a, a couple of extra uh, nickels to throw our way, uh, no problem. We get just as much, if not more, benefit from word of mouth. So if you want to tell a friend about our show and, uh, you know, maybe watch them while they download <laughs> the first yeah, make episode sure they at the do very it. least. Yep. Hold them to their word. Um, that is just as good. So get out there and spread the word if you like the show. We would really appreciate it a lot. And as we say every week... We hope that wherever you are out there, however you choose to listen to us, that you are happy, that you are healthy, and of course, we'll see you next week. No! Uh, okay, okay, we'll, we'll come back next week. Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga.